and live from Florence, it's Thursday night. Hi, Tony. Hey, Shannon. So tell me how long you've lived here in Florence. I'm just going on 11 years now. Today, I'm speaking with Shannon Fioravanti, another expat who has been adopted by Florence. Since she owns a business here in town, I thought she could offer her perspective as both a local and as an American. But you actually own two businesses here, a restaurant and a wine bar, an Enoteca. Is that correct? Yes, that's true. We have um, a wine bar called Enoteca Pitti con la Cantina that's in Piazza Pitti, which is also turning 11 this year. And we have a restaurant that's on Via Romana called Ostria dell'Enoteca, and that is turning three this month. It's just our, our baby, our little baby. Um, briefly, the Enoteca is a wine bar that was launched in uh, New Year's Eve of 2008. My husband, with two other partners, bought it. They had worked for the previous owner, and so they were just young guys that loved wine, bought it, and uh, stocked the shelves with small producers, uh, Italian producers, people that they loved, really traditional producers, so things that are Sangiovese and Nebbiolo-based for the major part. And uh, from there, I came into the world of their world. And in 2011, we launched, we launched the Wine Club. And it, just three years ago, this March, we launched Ostria dell'Eroteca, which is a restaurant just 400 meters down the street on Via Romana. We specialize in really traditional Italian food. I'd love to say just traditional Tuscan, but sometimes we also branch out into other things. Um, our specialty really is Bistecca Fiorentina. The idea to launch this restaurant was the place we wanted to go on our days off. We wanted to have an incredible steak. Um, we even are interested in having different breeds of cattle from Italy, from uh, Spain, Denmark, Austria. Uh, we had a crazy Prussiana recently. That's just this gorgeous steak um, and an incredible wine selection. This for us was it was just that it's we wanted to open the place where we want to go eat. And, uh, and we're so pleased with the, the response we've had from it over the past three years. I, you know, I do food tours and um, it is my job to know about Florentine food. And I, you know, I try lots of Florentine steaks, what we refer to as the Bisteca Fiorentina. Um, and I'm very seldom wowed. And every time I've had steak at your place, I have been beyond wowed. I have picked up the steak and not on the bone. Um, um, you guys are the ones that make a reliably great steak, but also the atmosphere, the service, and then, I mean, forget about the wine list. It's always perfect. And I love the experience of going up to the wine fridge and picking out your wine instead of reading it off a list. I thought that was a great idea. Um, so I'm rambling. I don't remember what my point was. Well, you're but... making me blush over <laughs> here. You really are. You're just so calm. Thank you. You're the best. Wow. Uh, I can tell you, I cannot wait until we everything's open again. And uh, the first thing I'm doing is coming for a steak. I don't think I've ever craved a steak as much as I have since I realized that I can't have a steak for a while. And I know that your place is uh, walking distance from where I'm sleeping and I can't go have a steak. Could you tell me um, what it's been like since the coronavirus originally broke out and how different it has been in the last week or so? Sure. Um, I'm happy to talk about it. We actually closed for our annual winter closure from mid-January to mid-February. So um, our team was taking breaks. We were all relaxing. It was really wonderful. And coronavirus just was a new, uh, a, a new thing on the horizon. 
Um, but we watched our numbers go down fast in both locations, actually. Um, we work on both tourists and both locals. Um, but I have to say we went from always being a, a kind of you needed a reservation kind of place to being only Italians and and being very light in the dining room, both places um, going up to like last week, last week when the first lockdown came down, um, we made the choice to close both locations because we felt like it was the right thing to do for our team and to do our part. You know, um, so the lockdown came down on Monday night on Tuesday morning would have been our closure day of the week. Anyway, we close on Tuesdays every week. So we all talked together as a team and we said, look guys, let's go put the signs up. Let's go put responses on emails and let's just close. We didn't say a date because we had no idea how long this is going to last. What's going to go on. We just said, this is what we're going to do. Um, so when the second lockdown came in that not second lockdown, but the, the, the new rules to the already existing lockdown of restaurants closing, bars closing, all these things, we were already closed. Our team was all at home um, and we're here. Did they close the restaurants as soon as they told everyone to stay in and stay home? Yeah, or, I can talk about that. Um, so okay, for us, when the first lockdown happened, they were allowing restaurants to be open from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So we had the choice to keep open the Enoteca and the Osteria even for lunches, but we had to have all... Um, Everyone had to respect the one meter apart. So we went ahead and separated out tables. We removed tables. Nobody could be um, in places that didn't have chairs, posti seduti. So we took away the bar at Pedigola. We actually took away the, cha- the uh, stools, uh, is the right word. And we made sure that uh, we removed enough tables so the tables were at least a meter apart, which Pedigola is a tiny little place. Um, the Austria, we were able to just seat every other table with people. But, uh, you know, like I said, to be honest, business was so, so light that, um, that for us through the weekend, just respecting that one meter wasn't a big deal. When the lockdown on Monday came through and they were saying to be, uh, open from 6am to 6pm, that's when we chose to close our doors. Um, the rules came back again on Wednesday night, which was just last night. I think the president of the Consiglio got up and spoke at like 10pm last night. And he said that they were making that choice to close all restaurants, um, bars, like coffee bars, all these places um, to be closed also. Okay. So you said that he he just said that last night. Does that mean like every single coffee bar? Because I'd heard before that you could keep a few open for the people that are out there working, like people that work at the hospital and um, other people that have to work right now. So does that mean everything's closed now? From my understanding, which, you know, I only know what I've seen. And what I've read is that only the bars in hospitals are open because they ah. serve that service. Um, otherwise, even yeah. in my own uh, quartiere, in the own area that I live, um, which I did take my dog out this morning, we saw um, people in businesses that we know that are restaurants and bars just closing things up today because obviously they would have had word last night. So going in to clean out fridges and uh, have things ready to be closed for you know a possible three weeks. I am lucky in this situation that I work from home. So I've worked from home for about five years. So I'm actually fairly uh, adjusted to being at home. Mm. Um, I have that great blessing to be able to still have a job right now and be working, which so many people don't have. So I'm very, very lucky to have that. 
Um, I, you know, have walked the dog out on Monday. We were still going to the Cascine and all that. I'm not exactly 100% sure right now where the rules lie on us walking our dog. We actually just had this conversation today. We're not sure of how far we're allowed to take her, where we're allowed to go. Um, but I guess we're going to have to figure this out before tomorrow morning. But um, uh, point being is that I haven't been out at night um, at all. My husband and I both have been in the house for the most that we possibly can. Uh, he was out just to lock up the wine bar and mm -hmm. to clean out the fridges. And at the Osteria, our partner Lori and the kitchen team and chef were there doing the same thing. But by, I don't know, two o'clock in the afternoon, they were in their respective homes um, and there. So we really haven't been out much. I I mean, my husband's probably a lot harder for him being home. He's used to being out in the world, out in the public all the time. Uh, so far, he's adjusting to being home, you know. Um, we have a very long uh, dining room table, and we have just set up camp. My office is at <laughs> one side, and his is on the other side. And every so often, we, like, look over this vase, and we're like, hey, what do you think about this? And so far, we haven't mm -hmm. murdered each other. So that's cool. <laughs> Uh, we were getting ready to ship our spring shipment of our wine club anyway, um, which is very, very exciting. We've got a great selection coming up that we picked in January. So that is something that we're super excited to have. And we initially started, even with the closure of the restaurants, with everything, we had no delays. We had no delays going on at all. The only delay that we have seen is this morning that the uh, U.S. government put a travel block on flights for 30 days. And the issue with that is that our wines can't get to the U.S. for 30 days. So there is actually very good news to that. The, the owner of the shipping company called me this morning and said, hey, look, this is what's going on. We had already a schedule in place for the when the wines would be slated to ship out, which would have been the very end of March anyway. So it's only going to delay the, the wines to my customers who are expecting it by about two weeks with the current schedule. But of course, today I had to send out emails to all of these members and say, I am so sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, people in America, your wines are going to be delayed by two weeks. Um, but I wanted to get information out as soon as I possibly can, because mm -hmm. that's the right thing to do. And um, I got an overwhelming response from people that was just, I mean, it, it brought me to tears. People who were just saying, you know, we support you. We have been members for years or for just new members that we love what you do and two weeks late or whenever you get it to us, we can't wait. I even had people who said, what can we do to support you? Can you throw me on another box? We would love <laughs> to support you right now. And I mean, I'm just, I'm just honored. I'm honored by it. And we're touched that people are thinking of us uh, in this time. That's really great. It's, it's um, because I think so many of us, restaurants, tour guides, uh, travel companies, hotels, and then every other business is it's it's trickling down to people that normally wouldn't be affected by tourism. Um, but it's really nice to know that think that some people can still make a living right now and that people are are doing their best to, to help us over here from from other continents. So um so yeah, just like you said, I've gotten a lot of really kind emails, but this is one of the most recent I've gotten. And um also re I find this is one of the most recent I've gotten, and I find it extra relevant because here we are, um, you know, talking about what's going on over here in Italy, and we're, you know, a few weeks ahead of 
um, other countries that still haven't been affected as much as we have. So I've gotten this email from someone uh, living in China who is an English speaker and whose name appears to be of, you know, um, English origin. So, um, and so here we are ahead of other countries, but China was the, you know, the uh, first affected. So it was really humbling to read this and, and really kind for her to send it to me. She said, hi, I took your tour in the summer of 2015 and loved it. I'm currently living in China, not the Hubei province, thankfully, but we've essentially been locked down since the 1st of February, if not before. It's not enjoyable, but many people are getting some much needed rest. Unfortunately, it's also an absolute killer for many small businesses, restaurants, the travel industry. And then it says, okay, basically everyone. We love Italy and are sending you all much love and light to get through this. Hoping to visit Italy again soon. Sincerely, and then her name, we're uh, keeping anonymous for privacy. Um, so I think it's wonderful that we have um, people that joined us here and that care enough to send out these messages to us. And um, I, I just wanted to make sure we talked about some positive things since, you know, everything's kind of gloomy right now that on the news. Um, and then I wanted to get back. An amazing point. I'm sorry. An amazing point of view from her mm-hmm. also that she's ahead of where we are. We're in it. And, you know, also when you think of people that I don't hope that it happens to others, but it seems like it's a, an, an a, inevitable future for many um, that that hearing someone in the future from us uh, with such a bright outlook is inspiring. It's, it's chill. It, you know, it's, it's just so lovely because we all just want to think about what's going to be on the other side. Absolutely. You know, she was writing us kind of like, as you said, and I've been referring to in the last couple of podcasts, because um, I feel like we're writing or we're, we're making this podcast from the future in a sense for people that haven't quite been affected like we are right now and and hopefully won't be but most likely will be um, and with the goal of giving them information even if it's one little tidbit of information something to help them make a wiser choice than we made because we didn't have the information at the time we needed to make that choice right so um, with that said um, do you have any advice for our listeners who are in countries that have not reached the same level of awareness or level of severity that we're now facing And Italians are affectionate beings. They like to give the kiss kisses. They hug, you know, even in a business setting. If you're a first time meeting for me, wine producers or other business owners, it's a handshake. But if you've ever met them before or even on the leaving, it goes straight to kisses and hugs. And in a virus time, that's a no, no. Um, The rest of the time, it's really loving and endearing. So I was very concerned with what other people think. And I wish I hadn't cared a little more of let them think I'm a weirdo or let them think I'm cold or I don't really care. I just shouldn't have shaken hands. Um, I really didn't give kisses, but, um, but I, I wish I didn't care. Or I had said no to a couple of extra dinners or no to a couple of extra parties. And even, you know what, maybe make up a lie like, Oh gosh, I have this to do tonight. I'm sorry. I can't make it. Um, but I just wish I had said no embrace the no. Um, that would be my advice and not, not care. I think, um, also to maybe get some, um, whatever your everyday meds are, the things that you take, you know, if you have something you take all the time just to make sure you have it. Like even just today, we realized my husband's running out of contacts and not that we can't get them, but you know, if we had a month's supply of those kind of everyday 
health needs, nothing virus related, just the things we need to have in our house um, probably would have made things easier. So now we don't have to think, okay, can we get the right contact prescription? Do we have to reserve it? Um, also to take care of the loved ones that we have who are over the age of 65, mm-hmm. you know, um, my family is in the States, but my husband's family is here and we certainly think about them and we think about, are they stocked up enough? Do they have all the things that they need? Are they healthy? Um, did we visit them recently? Is there any chance we work in the public eye, um, or public contact, I guess, um, are, did we bring any germs home to them unwillingly, not unwillingly, unknowingly? Um, that we may have picked up these kind of things that maybe could have thought about before. Um, I have to say we don't have children yet. And I know the people who are under lockdown right now with their children that stir crazy and cabin fever and probably some other four letter words are being used. (laughs) But, um, my sister does live here and has three lovely, lovely girls. And I think that the best thing I've heard to describe it is to prep yourself with your children, like you are taking the longest plane flight of your life, you know, pack away some surprises or some toys, or, you know, if you have a backyard or something and you have a project that you can work on, plant a garden, build a tree house, I don't know, whatever kind of stuff you have, you know, maybe have those supplies in your house now because in two weeks, um, I mean, I know friends that are on two days so far, and they are all at the end of their ropes. So if uh, if you can pre-plan um, a good old project to do, uh, even if you don't have kids, I mean, who knows? My husband and I have work to do, but when we run out of that, we might we might be needing to build a birdhouse. Right, um, and that's that's such good uh, advice. I like that. Um, the, the point you made about don't be afraid to to seem rude because in the long run, if you are protecting yourself, you're also protecting other people because we don't know exactly how this is contracted. We don't know exactly how long the incubation period is. We've been told up as far as 14 days. So, um, you know, it's not just protecting yourself, really. I mean, by not shaking somebody else's hand or giving them the, the you know, the Italian cheek, cheek kiss, um, we're, we're being responsible. It's not about being rude or cold, but like you said, that's how it makes us feel in the beginning to make that choice. It makes us feel like we're being rude or what if they are offended? Um, but I, I, I did also recently just tell myself, you know, before this last week, but already last week, I would say I started to tell myself, you know, um, I have to, I, between the two risks of seeing if the risk of seeming rude or the risk of contaminating somebody or them contaminating me, I'd, I'd rather take the risk of seeming rude. Um, and then about preparing for arts and crafts and things like that, especially if you have kids, that's great advice. Um, you know, we've all been so attached to our tablets and things and um, kids too, uh, as, as much as parents try to give them a, a limited amount of screen time, I'm sure it would be tempting right now to just plop them in front of a TV or, and just let them, you know, pass the day. Cause it's, there's only so much you can parent when you're with um, your, your children 24 seven for a month. Um, so if, those are those who are listening. If those are who are listening, take the precautions and don't just think about hand sanitizer and and all those things, but start to even stock up on things that they can do arts and crafts with their children. Something positive could come out of this, too, because um, we could kind of get back to, you know, pre pre technology, pre pre screen and kids could actually be coloring and doing things that they barely do anymore, or at least not as much as they should, because they generally have screens in front of them. Um, 
anyway, I don't want to get preachy, but I like the points you made. Those are nice. And you're the first person who said either of those. So um, it's really good to have those two um, pieces, of advice, pieces of advice to add to this podcast. Uh, we both love food and wine. Um, and so I was going to ask you, um, you know, have you been cooking a lot lately? Have you had time to cook? I mean, you just said you're in the, in the kind of the apex of your wine club preparation season. So maybe this isn't like most other people's lives right now, but have you been cooking more recently? We have definitely been cooking more recently because, uh, we are home, uh, from Monday night, we have been home and it's only Thursday, but that's more than, uh, my husband and I have spent together in our house with our dog in, I don't even know when, you know, we're usually passing ships in the night for a lot of meals. We maybe have two or three dinners together a week and that's it. So, you know, sometimes I'll survive on like crackers for <laughs> dinner and nobody knows cause I work from home. But um, we've already made, I made a crock pot ragu last night mm. that turned out amazing. I froze three extra portions of that. And um, my husband will be so excited you asked this question <laughs> because he, for Christmas, uh, the last few years, has put together these packages of the winning pastas of the year. So he buys huge portions <laughs> of, not huge portions, many, many packages of pastas that win. There are competitions <laughs> for dry pastas. And he reads all the food blogs and all these things and sees who wins the best for mafaldine and fusilli and uh, the spaghetto, uh, the San Benedetto spaghetto is like, I have a, a sickness for it. It, is, it takes 18 minutes to cook, but it is creamy in its oh. own water. It, you don't need anything with it. It's mm. delicious. So he, for the last few years for Christmas, has been putting together these packages that have a variation of different types of pastas and giving them to our family and to our team. So he always orders, oh no, too many. And we have <laughs> boxes and boxes and boxes of these pastas for the rest oh. of the year. So he went to um, one of our sellers and picked up all of the leftover pastas and brought them home, which are like in a crowning glory place in our living room right now, awaiting for him to make new pasta dishes every day. So um, lots of great pastas at home. And uh, we also had the food from cleaning out both of our locations. So everyone took mm -hmm. home, you know, fresh veggies, things that would spoil um, anything of that. So we definitely have some fun cheeses. Uh, another odd thing that my husband has enjoyed doing in the past year is he's become part of like a gastro food club mm -hmm. where they will like write Facebook messages and be like, Hey, <laughs> this month we're specializing, we're specializing in these amazing jarred cannellini and chickpeas and, uh, black eyed peas are called something else here. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. And so he has bought large portions of these like jarred specialty beans and some and Soto Vuoto is air, air vacuum packed um, parmigiano. He bought five kilos of parmigiano in in like January. So we have an awful lot of food um, that that is great food and we're going to eat incredibly well. Um, we also, God bless it, have a lot of wine. <laughs> we have access to a lot of wine. And right now, while I'm working on the wine club, I actually have to do my tasting notes for each of the wines. So I'm so lucky. I've got a couple of really, really great wines in the house right now that I'm like, okay, it's wine o'clock. 
Let me do my job and let's do these tasting notes together and then let's enjoy that bottle because it's spectacular and and thank God we have it. I just every once in a while I see you on Instagram and I I guess I saw you on there yesterday and I was like, oh, I want to interview Shannon. Um, And I had a feeling that this was the exact, well, yeah, I mean, you've brought out things I couldn't have imagined, like the pasta club, and I am inspired, and I'm hoping <laughs> to someday be a member of the pasta club, um, but <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I knew that you were the right person to ask that question to you about the, you know, what's on your table, and how have you prepared? That was my next question. I mean, yeah, perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm very lucky that I-, I love to cook, and I've always loved to cook. In college, I spent all of my money in, um, like, crate and barrel, and I had martini parties instead of keggers. You know, it's a, it's, it's a passion that, that I love um, to entertain, and my job has always been in this industry. My husband also went to Scuola Alberghiera, so he studied to be a chef before he decided to go to the back of house and be a sommelier and then a restaurant owner and do all these things. So between the two of us, we both love to cook and not to toot our own horns, but we're pretty good at it. So we're making some some pretty spectacular food <laughs> at home, I won't lie. Um, but uh, it is hard also to cook with portion control because we're only two people and, you know, you can't make something and eat it for four days while you're stuck at home. So freezer, but yeah. Tiny Italian freezer. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm alone over here and I've got so much food because... Um, my parents never, and I mean, never tell me what to do. I went to Montessori. I mean, you know, I was doing my own laundry in the third grade. They've never, they've left me super independent, but I want to say that for, I think it was February 24th. It was a Monday and it was that first day that they started to show pictures of the food running out on the shelves in Milan. And both of my parents who they're, they're divorced. And like I said, they never tell me what to do. Both of them frantically sent me messages and said, I don't care how, you know, what you think is going to happen, buy stuff. Worst case, you've got extra food, stock up. So I stocked up on pasta and, and beans and all those things. Like you said, um, I did not stock up on enough wine. So I'll have to, um, <laughs> I'll have to, I live uh, walking distance from you. So I might have to come beg for you to leave a couple of bottles on your stoop for me. That's your parents. Yeah, they were proactive with you yeah. about this. I think I've, I've, I've had last week. I had some conversations with uh, loved ones in the states, and it was very clear to me that they did not feel the urgency of the situation. Mm-hmm. And I, I gave an earful, um, a big earful. And I'm not super dramatic as a person, and I don't have a tendency to. I am Irish, but I don't over exaggerate that much. But I really, uh, I really gave my two cents about what I felt that they should all be doing. And I think mm-hmm. I scared the living bejesus out of quite a few of them. Right. And, uh, and I'm proud of that yeah. in this moment, because I feel like I just even before talking to you, I have a friend from California who said, Oh, my gosh, things are happening here. Um, you know, when we talked the other day, and she asked me the same question you asked. She said, what should I do to prepare? What do you wish you knew? Um, I've been meaning to ask, where are you from again? I'm originally from Orange County in California. Okay. Um, so um, I, I think the the best way to, since we're talking about us being in our time capsule and, and sharing this information with the hopes of helping people that will listen, and hopefully they will listen. I think they're starting to realize that they should listen and they're listening. Um, 
I do feel like we're talking about um, a Christmas Carol here, the ghost of Christmas present, Christmas yeah. past, Christmas future. Does that make us Christmas present, China, Christmas past, and everywhere else the ghost of Christmas future? That's brilliant, Shannon. Um, so cool. what did you say? Cool. We're, are we Christmas present? It sounds like we're Christmas present right now in, in that terrifying way. We're the ghost of Christmas present and, uh, and, uh, and China would be the ghost of Christmas past, uh, the super scary one. And, uh, and then the ghost of Christmas future, which also can be terrifying in that story, right? Because they show what is possible mm -hmm. if you don't change your ways. I'm going to have you, um, close this, uh, this episode for me. Thank you, Tony, so much for asking me for be to be a part of this and to be involved in super fun, super great way to spend part of my quarantined evening. Loving it. And uh, to all of those listening, thank you for your time. Thank you for turning in. Really appreciate it. Please share this um, and let's get the word out. Let's get the news of the ghost of a uh, Christmas future and try to change uh, that future that's coming forward. Thank you so much, Shannon. If you would like to share this podcast with others, um, please go to coronapodcast.com where you can find all of the episodes. Thank you. All right. That's it, baby. You want to get all your curse words out Woo! in one big group Fuck! now? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do want to get one more thing. What the hell is it called? <laughs> I had some wine before this. What the shit is this thing called? <laughs> Thank you so much, Shannon. And if you would like to share this with others, please, uh, um, if you'd like, please do. Please, yeah, please do.